Welcome to Less Than 12 Parsecs. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremy, and as always, I got my buddy here with me. What's up, it's Ryan. What's going on, fellas? It's Charles. Welcome uh, to episode two of the new uh, Less Than 12 Parsecs. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. We had a lot lot of fun producing it. Hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, look forward to seeing your uh, comments. Uh, feel free to hit us up uh, on Facebook, Less Than 12 Parsecs, or shoot us an email, uh, 12parsecspodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback. With that, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, news, current events, what's going on with the world of Star Wars. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is officially opened. Uh, out in uh, Disneyland, not to be confused with Disney World. Uh, so we figured, hey, let's talk a little bit about Galaxy's Edge, what they have to offer. Um, let's start with uh, the rides, because everybody loves rides. Yes, we so, do. Uh, yeah, so the one I want to hit is uh, the Millennium Falcon ride, Smuggler's Run. Uh, it looks like a kick-ass ride. Uh, you're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Yes, how, how do you beat that? You can't. You absolutely can't. <laughs> I mean, they're saying the whole experience is going to be like twenty-five minutes long. Twenty-five minutes long. Um, you know, from you know, from the time you get in, I'm sure there's going to be some filler, like uh, yeah, they say from like yeah, they said from like the ride, like from getting in line to the end is that's the whole the whole yeah. timeline. And I figure it's probably just similar to uh, the Avatar ride. That that's a long process, but sure beats just standing in line. You know, for hours upon hours, for you know a thirty-second, you know, two-minute-long roller coaster. And, you know, this is a uh, supposed to be like a four D. You know, you're in the cockpit, hit hit light speed, feel like you're Han Solo, feel like you're Lando or Chewie, <laughs> or a Porg sitting on Chewie's shoulder. Um, the previews look incredible. I can't wait to get out there and uh, experience for myself. Hopefully uh, next year and uh, celebration, get a chance to pop out there and take a look. Um, the early reviews look good. Um, obviously, it's from diehard fans though, so Absolutely. there may be some jaded, you know, jadedness. But with the technology coming out these days that are going into rides, and the, the massive investment uh, the mouse put into this one, uh, I think we got a winner. I think it's cool that. Uh... You know, so they put a they put a picture out when they first announced Galaxy's Edge of like a dad with a daughter and the Money Falcon in the background and like three other people and I'm like that will never happen like that's oh no there's never gonna be three people there. yeah and like people like photoshopped like you know a million people in between like the, the dad and the girl and stuff but I thought it's cool that like I, I hope they keep doing it because it's gonna be so popular but now you have to get reservations to get in there so at least there's like a a, a line drawn in the sand like okay. It's not like six million people are going to be able to allow to get into that part of the park, and you're going to have a horrible time waiting, you know, nine hours in line for one ride. So like, it's cool that they're doing the you know reservations because man, I'd be pissed if I had to like, like I said, I'm I'm going in November, so I know I'm going to be right in the middle of that hype because I'm going to um, Disney World, so it'll be even newer then because that's a later release date. But um, yeah, I'm I just hope they keep doing the reservations until like the craziness wears off, which will probably be, I don't know. What, is that right at both Disneyland and Disney World? Yep. yep. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they simultaneously built them. Saves them money because, hey, you only need one architect for 
both parks. That's true. Very um, true. I, I think you're right, uh, Ryan. Disney World, I think, is probably the more popular of the two parks yeah. um, in, in the U.S. So I, I think that that one's going to... You're going to have some long lines there. Uh, I highly, highly suggest you get to the uh, park several hours early for that one. Yeah, and for that we're, going, we're going for a week. So um, I already told my wife and my in-laws, guess what? We're doing the whole damn day there. So uh, that'll be, at least at least for me and the whole family, be one day. But yeah. if I have to leave my wife and kids and my in-laws, I'll just go by myself because I don't care. <laughs> I don't think I'll use going to mine. I don't think you'll mind coming with me either. So. <laughs> no, no. Um, so there's several other rides. The Smuggler's Run is going to be the big one. Um, there's going to be some killer collectibles. Uh, Charles, what you got on that? Um, first up, uh, custom droids. Apparently you can go there and build many custom droids. That sounds pretty cool. Is uh, it going to be, uh, functioning droids? Um, uh, from what I understand, uh, they're more like, um, uh, just manipulate them yourself. miniature lay them out, like little knickknacks you put on the wall or something like that. Gotcha. Like full functioning droids. I don't think anybody's going to be able to drop like two to three grand and walk out the door with a, <laughs> you know, three and a half foot trash can basically on wheels. But um, they have a uh, thing where, like, uh, the Droid Depot, where you build your droid, uh, they'll have this place called, um, I just had it here in my notes, uh, Doc Alden Den of Antiqu- Antiquities. Sorry, I've been drinking a little bit here. Sorry, guys. Say what? <laughs> exactly. God bless you. Doc, Doc Ondar, Ondar's Den of Antiquities. <laughs> Doc Ondar, there we go. Doc Ondar. Doc Ondar. Doc Ondar, Den Who? of Antiquities, exactly. <laughs> um, we find ancient Sith relics, holocrons, Jedi holocrons. Um, That's awesome. The Jedi texts, if you will. They'll have uh, just kyber crystals you can buy. You can buy, like, um, urns of some sort. It looks kind of weird. Maybe you can put your... Uh, best Sith friend of yours who passed away into an urn. That's kind of creepy. That's well, that's how I'm gonna oh. go, baby. <laughs> well, I was gonna go for a, a casket with uh, spring loaded. Um, Not only that, that was my idea, but now I gotta uh, be buried in a Sith urn. Oh, that's right, happening. Exactly. That's happening. Well, it looks like a Sith urn to me, but who knows? But it actually, it could be like a candy dish from like Grandma's hard candy. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, it looks like you buy full on perils like first order or classic. Nice. Um, Straight up, straight up looking uh, Jedi robes. If you want a full on Jedi, some Sith robes look like Sith robe. There we go. Now we're talking. And that right? Who cares about Jedi? Jedi. Yeah. But uh, custom lightsabers is another thing they're offering. You build it and go like look like nice, strong aluminum hilt Jedi sabers. Ooh. Or All right. Sith so sabers. not the El Chivo plastic. Yeah, with the whip out blade. No, these are going to be probably LED based blades. Nice. That's awesome. Any ideas on the price tag on that? Uh, they do not say, but I'm going to say me building, uh, I'm a sabersmith myself. A common saber is running about 150 200 bucks. If I build you a saber, I'm pretty sure a Dizzy is going to come with a pretty nice premium. Yeah. So uh, if you've been, uh, you're one of the first to get in Galaxy's Edge, uh, please, please shoot us an email. Let us know uh, the price tag on one of these bad boys. Uh, that would be pretty sweet because I would like to know from price point for my own self. I was like, if Dizzy's charging something, what can I charge next? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's really cool also about uh, buying stuff at um, at Galaxy's Edge or Batu or the uh, Black Spire Outpost is that nothing's going to have Disney tags on it. So if you buy a if you buy a Stormtrooper doll, it's going to be like the ones you see in like in Rogue One or the one that Ray has in uh, her uh, her nice. at. So there's going to be no there's going to be no Disney there's going to be no Disney World Land 
uh, things. It's going to be straight up like if you buy this from um, Black Spire Outpost, it comes just like that. Nice. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, currently at the Outpost, you know, down in Disney World, you can get, you know, your Ray Saber or your Kylo uh-huh. Disney Parks exclusive. They're really well built. There's yes, no sir. there's no markings anywhere on it. It's a it's an aluminum hilt, very well built, uh, removable blade, uh-huh. a nice soundboard, and quality electronics inside. Hopefully, uh, you and know. Also, uh, for my little bit of research for all you uh, jizz fans out there, you Biff guys, look like there's a clue horn that you could buy. Just saying, just saying. I don't know about you, but I know Jeremy. He's a big fan, big fan of jizz. <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta get down with the cantina. You know what I'm saying? Fancy always the best. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to continuing to drink uh, leftover Nerf Herder from our last show. Um, Very good beer. Very good beer. Yep. Um, speaking of drinks, that leads us right into uh, the most important part of the park: the drinks. What are, What are we expecting, Ryan? So as of right now, and I can't speak for Disneyland. I've only been there a couple times, but. For Disney World, one of the only places you can get alcohol is Epcot when you go through the different countries and stuff like that, which, of course, I've partaked in, and it was great. Drinks but, around the world. Drinks around the world. I did it, and it was the first time I've been drunk in Disney World. It was amazing. <laughs> but now, they introduced alcoholic drinks into uh, Galaxy's Edge at the Black Spire Outpost. They actually have some great Star Wars-themed alcoholic drinks. Come on, let's and hear it. Can you get through it without laughing? I'm going to try. So the ones that I'm talking about today are the uh, the Outer Rim, the Bespin Fizz, the Yub Nub, <laughs> and that Fuzzy Tauntaun. Use <laughs> them every time. Wow. Uh, so you're probably wondering, hey, Ryan, what's in all those alcoholic drinks? So <laughs> the most one that I, I kind of was like, womp, 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 was the... Uh, uh, with the fuzzy tauntaun. All it is is just a straight up fuzzy navel on some ice. That's all it is. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. Yeah. I was waiting for it to be something so epic. Nope, it's a fuzzy navel. But uh, what about Nanya? Nanya. So what's cool is that when I was doing my thorough thorough research on this uh, on this subject, they actually have the names of these drinks on Wikipedia.com. Nice. And nice. it's set up just like anything you research on Wikipedia, where 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 it was made. Where it serves, where it's from, which I thought was that's epic. So, if you want to get a, uh, if you'd like to get a, um, what we got here? So we got the Best Bin Fizz, and the Best Bin Fizz on Wikipedia does it have cold forty five in it. It does not have cold forty five. Lando does not approve of this drink. <laughs> so, if you want to get that on Wikipedia, it says that the fizzy alcoholic beverage is served at Oga's Cantina in the Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batu. And 34 ABY. It was red color and served smoking in tall, thin glasses. The drink was suitable for human consumption and shared its name with the planet Bespin, which is awesome. Does that say smoky? Yep. So are we going to have a drink that bubbles and fizzes and smokes at you? Probably has like a black ice cube or something. Or nice! A dry ice cube in there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I've always been scared of drinks over one of those. They like the, the, the ice come back and get caught on your lip and start burning. Because, <laughs> you know, dry ice is not fun to touch. Yeah, they, yeah. They, knowing Disney, there's no way they're gonna let that something like that pop out and hit you. Uh, uh, man, I'm so scared of drinking anything with dry ice in it. I'll be interested to see how they do it, but yeah, that sounds pretty cool. 
Yeah. Am I definitely a popular attraction? Kids are going to be pissed that they can't drink it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... uh, But it's cool because um, other than those alcoholic drinks, they're actually going to have non-alcoholic drinks, and they're going to have the blue milk. And the blue milk is actually just pretty much a a very, very uh, uh, blended smoothie. That's called blue milk. Are they going to have to milk it themselves? Well, if they're Luke Skywalker, they're going to take it from the source. (laughs) No, but, uh, yeah, I... Please I, to, oh, my God, can you imagine some kid walking up <laughs> to some woman? You have blue milk? <laughs> I'm looking for the nipple for the blue milk. No, I want I, some I, of her milk. I, I can't... I can't wait for... I mean, just... I, I just can't believe. We're getting... And and I don't know if you went into it when you were talking about uh, buying stuff there, but everyone there has to be full in character and everyone working there has to, they actually gave them a little bit of liberty to do a backstory on themselves. So you can walk up to someone that is selling. Oh, backstories. <laughs> don't. Shh. Uh, I think I triggered. Don't, don't, don't go there. Well, I heard that if you want to go and get a, uh, if you want to go and get a, uh, cause you know, they're, it's all inspired by Coke now. So, right, right, right. so if you want your, uh, you want your Coke, the guy selling your Coke, he's going to have a backstory. <laughs> which, oh wow which is cool how much liberty did they very get? i heard very very minimal okay. liberty like you're not you're, you're not going to go and you know you're not going to be some crazy character that you know we're going to find it's on wikipedia but like they're they said everyone working there you're going to be like it's like immersed like it's immersive like everything is uh full on you're full in the you're full in the galaxy so you're you're, you're walking into a, a land in star wars you are that you are physically there. That's yeah. what they want the and person to be. And what's even awesomer is that so when I went to Disneyland, I went to Disney World a bunch of times before I went to Disneyland. And the thing I didn't like most about Disneyland was is that when you go on like these high rides, all you can see is LA, like the 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 skyline, the city skyline, which takes you completely out of where you are cuz when you're in Orlando, you're like in Orlando. You know, there's no skyline of Orlando. But what they said, what they did with both Disney World and Land is that they made it completely where no matter how high you go in any of the rides, you don't get to see any of the other parks. Sweet. So you don't see, like, you don't see Magic Kingdom, you don't see LA, you don't see any, all, it's fully immersed, which is awesome. Nicely done. Great experience right there. Because if if you see, like, you know, LA downtown or whatever, you see a Palm Beach, you know, from Orlando, it takes you out of the experience. Yeah. And it'll just ruin it real quick, especially for me. I was like, oh, come on. Then he, then he would go back downhill. and I was like, oh, there goes a, a Wampa or something. Hey, back up again. Oh, there's the skyline. Oh, there's yeah. a Wampa. Yeah, so they said they, they strategically put it where you don't get to see any other part of Disney. So when you get into the outpost, all you see is everything in that outpost. Which is weird because I think it's only like a 60-acre uh, extension. I mean, only. only I mean, yeah, but when you think of Disney, 60s, that's, I mean, yeah, that's not that big compared to how much they own of those parts. But, yeah, so it's, I think that's that's. But there's a Millennium Falcon there. There's a big Millennium Falcon. 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 Han. 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 Come on. We could do this all day. (laughs) It's only 12 parsecs. Of course, if you round down. 14! But I mean, like, I think there's going to be a TIE fighter at one of them, I believe. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I can't wait. I'm going to hijack it. Cool. So, uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what. um, Shoot us an email if you've been, if you've experience the park um and maybe we can do a, a little skype interview with you uh for next show and you can give us uh you know a little five minute tidbit on what it was like um it's uh 12 12 parsecs podcast at gmail.com 
Shoot us a message on Facebook at less than 12 parsecs. Um, let us know. Uh, give us your name, and uh, we'll reach out to you. Um, I do think that we have two people in the garrison that are going to be in L.A. the first day of drops. So maybe we get talking to those two. Cool. So, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll check, you, check you out and see uh, what you think. I'm good on uh, news in, uh, in the Star Wars air, uh, community. You guys ready to move on to uh, the next? Yep. All right, cool. So uh, our next portion of the show is our theory of the day discussion. Woohoo! Uh, this week's theory comes to us from Charles. Uh, this is a good one. I, I'm, I'm stoked for this one. So I've been uh, digging around and reading back comics of especially Vader since it's canon and, and uh, it is all links to the Emperor's laugh at the end of um, Rise of Skywalker is a on kind of unknown Darth uh, well Sith Lord was uh, Darth Momin. Uh, he was able to transfer his essence into a mask. Now, in the, in the Vader comics, uh. Sidious gifted this uh, mask to Vader and uh, Mustafar. And uh, so when he was gifted that mask, he um, was in a creation of basically Vader's castle, fortress, whatever you want to call it. And with that, he was able to see into the past, the future with this mask. Now, I'm wondering, since he was able, this Darth Mormon, or Mormon, sorry, was able, <laughs> I don't know, Darth Mormon. So wait, he's they come to your they he comes to your house, knocks on your door. So wait, his origin story. He's from Utah, right? Yeah, exactly. Utah. That's all it does. But uh, wonder if Sidious and Plagueis learned this secret of how to preserve his life through this uh, Darth Mormon. And when Sidious was talking to Anakin way back in Episode Three to help save the ones you love, what if he was talking about Darth? Mormon to about preserving life cheating death and what if he kept on to the secret just long enough to keep Anakin wanting more and more and more but never gave up the secret so maybe we might find out in episode 9 if he used this ability that he learned from his ancient Sith because apparently he was around which also makes me think about the Lords of Lights of Ren what if all their masks are infused with some type of force ability it keeps them into the dark side. Oh man, that's cause you remember when uh, when he was fighting Ray and Finn. Kylo was fighting Ray and Finn on the Star Killer base, right? And he was bleeding. He kept pounding on that wound, right, to just keep drawing the anger and stuff from the dark side. Exactly. Can you imagine having a mask in your face where you don't have to even do that? And that's right. I I, I can't I can't do that so right did, now. That's so that's amazing. Tie into Kylo's mask, right? You know, we see these fuzzy hands, right? Putting the mask, putting back that. In. Who's the fuzzy hands? Right. Who's that belong to? Is that just a worker for Kylo? Is it for somebody else? Right. Because, I mean, as of this point, as a recording, we've only got one teaser trailer. And in, in all the images they showed at the panel from Celebration and from the teaser trailer, we have not seen Kylo wear that mask. Nope. So nope. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's not, I'm thinking he's not wearing it. I don't think he's wearing it either. But just to think if something could be so cursed and infused in the dark side... From these teachings of the uh, Darth Mammon, that like somebody can like, transfer their essence. Maybe Palpatine transferred his essence over and over to the next person in line. Say like to Snoke, his essence was in Snoke to control Kylo. Maybe tried to force control Rey, and that's why he he keeps 
Palpatine keeps moving along and along and along. So that goes right along with the theory, uh, a redditor theory about Plagueis, right? You know, and, and how he keeps transferring his essence to different, you know, people, so to speak. Could it be, you know, along the same theory? Is it maybe a mask? Maybe it's a body, right? Who knows? Right. Is that how Pla- uh, uh, Palpatine's still around? Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, are we got clones in front of Ryan? Yeah, don't mention clones in front of Ryan. You take your clones and your gray Jedi and you get out the damn front door. That's what you go with that. <laughs> All right, so clones, gray Jedi, and red things are off the table. <laughs> and really, really hot sauce on toothpicks. <laughs> Inside uh, jokes and a podcast. Love it. Uh, so, thinking about that. You know, and, and what we saw in the episode nine trailer. You know, we've got Kylo always looking to Vader's mask. Right. You know, is there something that's giving truly giving him answers? Is you know Darth Maul the answer? Well, he's right. talk, he's talking to that mask. Right. Show me, you know, show me again. Maybe uh, Vader's mask was always cursed with the dark side to keep yeah. Vader Anakin. Just on that very tidbit of trying to achieve that power, that ability to bring back the ones you love. And maybe the dark side was always sitting there torturing them because of that mask. Yeah. And like I never got into like the expanding universe, so I don't know if there's a book or a story behind it, but like where did Palpatine get Vader's mask but, and helmet? Like where where'd that even like But when, if you think about it, when Grievous was made, mm-hmm. he was like at the top of time, like Full on top of line cyber by an X, and he has like heart, eyes, whatever. But when Sidious went on and made Vader, they didn't give him a top of line suit. If you think about it, his limit, his um, motion of villain was very limited. Yeah. He couldn't raise his hands above his head, he could not move very quickly. So, so was he's he. John McCann of Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. But. Then... Rest in peace, Senator. Sorry. Did Palpatine do that purposely to punish Anakin for whatever he did with like losing to Obi Wan? There really could be something with that mask. Well, in, and, 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 in, in and the it, comics, it, he was keeping a very, very tight rule on uh, on Vader. Right. You know, trying to replace him, give him all these tests. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, giving him limited mobility and stuff like that, having such a powerful mask that you know maybe he didn't even know about. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, th- it, think about how reluctant Anakin felt to follow Palpatine. He, his sole purpose was to save Padme. Exactly. You know, so once he realizes she's gone, it only took three seconds for him to say, "Okay, I'll do what you want." Right. <laughs> so quick. He was on his knees so quick. All right, let's just keep going after that one. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, could there be something with his mask? Is that the, the theory that ties everything together? Like, that he was able to put some essence, dark side essence, into Vader's mask to torture him constantly, to keep biting on, waiting for that secret to drop, to bring back the ones he loved. Because if you notice, like, it seemed like the only way he got any type of relief was he was in his meditation chamber when he took his helmet off. That was the only time he seemed like he had any type of relief. As soon as he put the helmet back on, he seemed like he was in torture and pain again. Same with Kylo. At the end of Return of the Jedi, Susie, when Luke helped him take that mask off, he seemed like everything was lifted off of him. You were right. There's just right. an old white guy in that mask all along. Right? Sound like a deep 
beat black man. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, also with Kylo, he took his helmet off. He seemed like he was then struggling. When he had the helmet on, he was sure. Yeah. He was. He never he, talked. Did he ever talk to Ray in the mask? About his struggle and about her coming to. No. I don't think so. I think no. he only talked to Ray with his helmet off. Is that, yeah, exactly. With his helmet off. Oh, dang. And then when he was, uh, well, I mean, in The Last Jedi, when he had the helmet off, and Snoke said, I can feel your true enemy, of course, he's about to kill Snoke. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, like, conflicted. He knew he wanted Snoke gone because it seemed like the way of the Sith, you know, one one master wanted to crave it, and eventually your apprentice comes up. But always two there are. Right, mm-hmm. it will, you know, take you out. But he was, of course, Kylo was probably thinking that Ray's going to join up with him. You know, they're going to rule the galaxy together, but Ray had other plans. You know, you know how that story went. But, I, maybe you know, there's something in these masks that these guys keep putting on, especially with the Knights of Ren. Who are these guys? Yeah, I can't wait. To, I hope they go in, I hope they dwell on that because I know it's not official, but, you know, we all saw that poster that got leaked about right. a week before Celebration. They had... Pretty much like I don't know if it was all of them, but it had a good amount on that poster. Of, I I really hope they're in uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that was was that poster ever truly confirmed by Disney? No, okay. it was it, it was it was called leaked, and it was so we knew that there was no it wasn't fan made. It was officially made and leaked. It wasn't like a fan made thing and then put around. It was it was it was a leaked. Uh, picture so leak with a but not final version yeah there was they said there was they the, i think the official thing that came out and said was there was a couple things that were unfinished because that poster didn't have the title on it nope it sure did not so i don't know if that was the only thing missing or i don't know but it definitely had i think it was like the bottom right a group of the knights around which would be awesome but then you think about if this movie is only going to be two hours and 25 minutes or whatever how, how do you get how do you tell that story and then, right and then wrap yeah. it up and make it you know, it's, I don't know. It's is that a show for Disney Plus? That's true. Yeah. Be, the Knights of Ren. I'd be all about that, right? Oh, buddy. Yeah, right. we don't know how long, you know, Kylo from the time he pulled the temple down on Luke to, you know, Force Awakens. How long was, you know, Kylo wreaking havoc? And, right. and, and Luke said he said when he went to attack uh, Kylo that night, he said he felt Snoke already had his heart. You know, so how long? How long has Kylo known Snoke? They never explain that. Yeah. Right. So, hey, uh, Disney, if you're listening, <laughs> check us out. You know, uh, there you go. There's a great new show, I The Knights Dis- of Ren. I hope Disney Plus just goes nuts with like every single character in a show, even if it's like yeah, two seasons max. Just who cares? Give me yeah. all that. Right. I mean, That's... the previews of the Mando look fantastic. Oh my god, I can't right. wait. That and also the um, Andor coming up. Yep, Cassian's. Cassian, yep. Cassian's show, yeah. They said uh, 2021 for that. And how about the six ninety nine price point? Hey, sign me up for that. Especially yeah. with Netflix. I got the notification on Netflix the other day. fifteen ninety nine a month Ooh. now coming. Not that I'd pay for it. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Snag on their account. They, uh, I, I, was, I was ready to put down 15 bucks a month for Disney+. Plus. Like, yeah. I didn't care. I, I was like, you know, anything more than that, I'm, I'm still going to get it. But anything more than that, I'm going to feel uncomfortable about. But when they said that, I'm like, even though it's going to go up, it's, you know, th- yeah. Disney's not into just giving us free things. But starting off point, absolutely. All oh, day, it's incredible. Day. Yeah. 699 yeah. God. So getting back to it, uh, it's a really inter- interesting theory. Plausibility of it. 
what do you think that, you know, they're really going to go that far into the cannon, that far into... Right. I, I'd put it at probably like a 10, 15% chance that that's the... Or at least, at least like, pear, cherry pick it a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I give it a 10% chance. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Right. Um, that that's actually it. I, I think there's something with the, you know, transferring essence, maybe with Plagueis coming right. into it. I, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think I don't think um, I don't think we're gonna see Palpatine in the flesh in the new one. So I I would go a little higher and probably say forty percent. We're gonna get the essence of Palpatine, maybe in the uh, the part of the, the Death Star that we see uh, them walking up. If well, they, that way, that the case of it, what if there was some percentage of it where Ray gets possessed by Palpatine somehow? Yeah. When they get to that scene where they're the Death Star, the Death Star thing there. Because there are there are screenshots that you know JJ's release of someone swimming down into the wreckage of the Death Star that was supposed to have been in the last film but never made it when Ryan took over, hmm. and they might bring that back. JJ's like, "Oh, you screwed me up there, buddy. What the hell? That was that was my go to for like the second movie here, you know, of, of my trilogy. But you kind of you know on that, so maybe they kind of re-entered that back in. Look like Ray swimming down into the wreckage, finding I don't know, maybe like a holocron or something." Or some type of uh, artifact that was... Dude, that brings in a great point. They're selling holocrons. Exactly. How many people actually know what the heck yeah. a, a freaking holocron is? Exactly. Your casual fan doesn't know. No. no. And like because I said... The Americans are crazy, crazy looking little... Like, so now that they've announced it... Pyramid. Boom, freaking... Yeah. And like know. I said, I watched I watched you know every episode of Rebels and I watched every episode of Clone Wars and you know, I know what a holocron is. I mean, they touch on, um, on, they touch on holocrons a little bit in Star Wars Rebels. Especially with uh, uh, Ezra. 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 Yep. Damn, I can't pronounce names today. Stop Ezra. drinking Nerf Herder. I know, right? Get you every time. I'll just wait until we, today's episode. Well, but uh, yeah, we, he went and got the holocron when he was uh, hanging out with our mall. Yep. Over there, introducing holocrons there. But, you know, holocrons have been around forever. But, you know. Yeah. Another uh, thing they said was, of course, as soon as you hear Palpatine uh, laugh at the end of the teaser trailer. They went back and they said when Vader threw uh, the Emperor over the side, you had that uh, that blue dust come up as he went through. And they said, you know, back, you know, in, you know, 83, we're all thinking that's just, you know, the reactor of, you know, something hitting the reactor. But, like, for all we know, that could have been, like, some, like, Sith, like, you know, some, some part of the Force helping him not, like, survive that fall. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Maul, Maul got chopped in half and still survived. Yeah. So a guy get so the most powerful Sith user gets thrown down a shaft and he's dead. It's very well believable that he could have survived that. Exactly. Where he's been hiding for forty years. I mean, yeah. Six I mean, ever. You know, they say that <laughs> Snoke is a collector of Sith antiquities and searching, right. always searching for you know the yeah. old Sith, just like Luke went searching for the old Jedi. Right. You know, is is Snoke kind of like Luke's opposite half, and he went. Digging around the old Death Star, searching for it, trying to find Palpatine. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of possibilities here. Another eight months of mindless speculations. Well, we're I down to it. six months now. Yeah. Six months. Six months. Ooh. I cannot wait for a new trailer. Cool. Anything else on the theory? You good? Uh, no, right now. I, th- I thought it was just something interesting because reading comics that just kind of came up to me a little bit well check this out I was reading a little bit more into it reading how like seemed like it could be plausible I was like let me bring this to the guys see what they think 
See, I, re- I read the I read the first two um, Darth Vader comics, the first two series, and they were awesome. And I, I guess it was just life getting in the way. I haven't got to the third one yet. But my brother started reading it, and he told me about all the crazy stuff that's going on in that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it got me, like, they, they create a portal underneath Vader's castle. castle. Yep, I heard about that. And he goes, he goes in, and he sees his younger self. He sees Padme. It, it gets crazy, because, like, she was like, who are you? And, you know, Vader, Anakin. says, it's me, Anakin. He goes, you're not Anakin. And next you know, she starts choking herself. I turn right, she kicks herself off the side of the ledge. Ah, oh, it's crazy. Great, great comic. <laughs> Yeah. It'll be. I'm really interested to see how much of a fan service we get on this final film. I feel like there's such a huge calling for Plagueis to pop. You know, there's been so much talk of him. Are we going to see him? Is that going to play into this? You know, is Moment and Plagueis coming into canon on the film? I thought all the talk about Plagueis would have been done after like the Force Awakens when you didn't know who Ray's parents were and that. Right, but. His name's still talked about. You still see all the cosplayers at Celebration still dressing up as them, and uh, yeah, I think they even I think they even touched on his name a couple times in the uh, Darth Vader comic book. So I mean, he, uh, you know, his name's still bouncing around. It could be really interesting. You know, I, I think it would do Disney good to, you know, bring him in, let everybody know who he is, and you know, so the casual fan, not you know the avid fans, but the casual fan knows exactly who he is and what's going on. I think it. I would serve him good, but, you know, that's my hope. We'll see. Sweet. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for uh, today's theory of the day. Uh, I'm good. Cool. Well, let's move on. Hey, this is Ryan from Lesson Tall Parsecs. And today for this month's armor making interview, I have fellow Five of First member and Carolina Garrison CEO Jason Hill from Intergalactic Supply. Hey, Jason, thanks for being here today. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks for having me, buddy. Cool. Well, let's just uh, jump right into this. So, Jason, when when did you get into Star Wars? Well, like most of us, you know, it's been a lifelong journey. Um, Started out, I was born in 75, so when they came out, you know, I was just a youngling and, um, you know, loved them my whole life. And once I got old enough, you know, had a few kids and realized that I could be a a real-life stormtrooper, I mean, that was it for me. And then, you know, you learn about all the cool things that the 501st does and charity work and trooping events, I mean – it was a no-brainer for me. I kind of jumped in with both feet um, around 2013. I joined up and got my first costume and put it together. Um, and, you know, it kind of went from there. It just spiraled and went crazy, man. I probably got close to at least 13 costumes approved in the Legion. Wow. And... uh yeah, I've just started finally thinning them out, but um, you know, it's been it's been a lifelong journey for me, and it's just uh, it's it keeps getting better, man. Man, I thought I was crazy for having three. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a bit addictive, I think, um, and and it's fun, and it's a great you know healthy outlet for a lot of people to kind of. You know, create something and and share that joy with everybody, man. Everybody's smiling ear to ear. 
definitely. So there's a big difference between wearing the armor and deciding, hey, guess what? I want to make this armor. What what got you saying, hey, I, I want to make armor? How how did that come about? Uh, well, I um, you know come from a construction background. Um, I run a roofing company. And I've built a few houses and, and done quite a bit of uh, construction work. And so building, you know, the armor, building a few costumes, I got the hang of it pretty quickly. And then I got a call one day or actually seen a post on Facebook, uh, somebody selling their thermal former. And I was like, man, that's right up my alley. I could, you know, get get my own stuff going and, and, and be able to build my own props. And that just sounded um, like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, like let's so, cut out the middleman here. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and really, you know, I, I never thought that I would be providing props for everybody else. I kind of just thought I was going to do it, you know, for myself. And, uh, you know, the guy that I bought the thermal former from offered me a set of uh, armor that I could – reproduce you know for an extra uh sum of money and then that was kind of like you know light bulb went off and i said well hey i could recoup my cost for the machine and uh you know have fun at the same time so i started uh putting together the um tie fighter pilots and just kind of eventually branched out into some other um costumes i got the world war ii navy uh talker helmet that i could form some of like the imperial gunners and the rebel fleet trooper and then i did the uh imperial navy trooper from that and you know that went so well that i i started getting in touch with other armor makers and um you know everything kind of went to 3d printing where we was deriving a lot of stuff from 3d prints and then being able to form our masters from that and kind of going from there. So I've kind of worked with, you know, quite a few different people and, you know, it's not just really one person. I mean, a lot of the stuff I, I still do sculpt with uh, MDF and wood and stuff like that. Nice. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, there's so many outlets and avenues out there nowadays that, man, these armor makers are going crazy. Yeah, I uh, I found out about you from just uh, someone on Facebook talking about you. And uh, as you know, if people don't know that I, I also have a TIE pilot and I also have an Imperial gunner. And um, when I saw the your quality, I said, whoa, that looks, you know, it's a picture. But from what I can tell, it looks really good. So I actually purchased my Imperial gunner uh, helmet from Intergalactic Supply. And I'll tell you, it's it's the quality's great. I've trooped in it more than 10 times. I've had, uh, you know, fellow uh, people from the garrison who uh, are trying to make the jump into Imperial Gunner and they've put the helmet on and looked at it. And, you know, I've, I've, they've got your information and they've purchased some of your stuff, too. Like I said, it's, it's just great stuff. And uh, when I had the idea to start this podcast and we're going to start talking to armor makers, I said, well, I got to get Jason on the horn because I love his stuff. It's great quality stuff. So um, with that. Uh, I see, you know, you started with the tie and you've done the gunners and stuff like that. Is this all you or do you have any help? Do you have any employees? Do you have any friends that help out or how, how does that go? Are you just like the one man machine? How's that work? I, I do build a lot of the stuff myself. You know, I try to keep 
quality control high. Um, I, I had um, my son and my brother was helping me out for a little while in the garage, you know, in the shop. And every now and then I do get a couple friends that come by. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I still have to run my nine to five day job um, as a roofing contractor. So I still got that going on and I try to, you know, work in the shop a couple hours in the morning and then in the afternoons when I get back. So, but for the most part, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much hands-on all by myself building everything. I do try to recruit some help when I'm doing the thermal foreman because we'll be pulling, you know, 30, 40, and 50 sheets at a time and I get a little bit of stock up and then I can just sit back at my leisure and build the stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like you say, you know, and word of mouth is really where it's at. So if I could get some full-time help, man, that would be nice, but I don't think that's ever going to happen where I'm just going <laughs> to be able to sit home and, and build props all day. It would be nice, though. I know, right? Well, I what I think is cool, and I'm not going to drop any names, but for when I started with the Legion, I was put on all these waiting lists to get certain costumes that I was looking for. And it was such a bummer to be so excited about getting armor and then, you know, getting put on a waiting list. And when I ordered from you, I kind of automatically assumed I'd be on a list. And man, I got that bucket within like four days and it blew my mind. Like I was telling everyone, I said, you know, I mean, granted, it helps that I'm on the East Coast. I'm only, you know, I'm not that far from, you know, uh, from North from North Carolina where you are. But uh, yeah, I, everyone was just so impressed about how fast uh, when you make these runs, how fast you can get these out and have them available. I, it was it was awesome. And, you know, when you said word of mouth, I mean, that's that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, this isn't coming from California. This isn't coming from Sweden. You're not on an 18 month waiting list. Like when he makes them and they're out, boom, you know, within four to seven days, it's on your front porch. Yeah, I do. And I, and I try to pride myself in, in making sure everybody's kept up to date on, you know, how long it's going to be. If it's going to be more than a couple of weeks, I'll definitely let you know. If I'm only seven to 10 days out, you know, I usually like to surprise you and get it out just as quick as I can. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying there. I hate waiting um, around on something, especially when you're that excited to get something. Because this exactly. is, you know, it's it's exciting, man. We're, um, you know, building a new costume and putting the stuff together and resourcing all the parts. I mean, you know, your your brain's going haywire. And when you can get something in that's, you know, good quality, like you say, and in a timely fashion, you know, that speaks volumes itself. So I try to keep everybody happy like that. Yeah, that's that's a win-win scenario right there. So right. Uh, so you have the TIE Pilot Helmet, and I know you do different variations of the uh, um, the TIEs, and you have the Imperial Gunners. What uh, what's what's in the future? What what do you what do you want to what do you plan on pulling or uh, making, or what are some future plans for Intergalactic Supply? Yeah, okay. So I've got a few things going. Uh, like I mentioned, I've been working with a lot of um, prop makers, you know, around the world. Um, a lot of 3D artists and stuff that I'm getting a lot of help with, with um, some of the more complex costumes that are a little bit harder to sculpt, you know, out of MDF or, uh, you know, Bondo or, or uh, plaster, you know. So I'm, I'm working with... Uh, a couple guys. I've got the Mud Trooper coming up. 
Nice. I've got the um, Snow Trooper from The Empire Strikes Back. You know, it's about 90% complete. Uh, I'm working on with a guy uh, for some Clone Trooper. Uh, you know, phase, uh, phase one and phase two, hopefully, you know, with the helmets and then the realistic clone armor. That's still a ways out, but um, I have kind of broken the ice with that. I've paid the guy for the for the files, and now I'm paying some other printers to help me print it. Uh, once I get those done, you know, I'll be able to make the hard molds and hopefully produce some some clones. But um, and then from there, with the mud trooper, I hope to be able to uh, reuse some of those parts and do the shore trooper. Just because some of the parts are similar, um, I can kind of just do a few more parts and hopefully get you know a whole other costume. So we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at doing you know five to six kits here in the future. It'll probably be another six months before we see anything coming for the clone trooper. But my snow trooper, I'm I'm really close to dropping that any day now, and the mud trooper's right behind it. Man, that's great. That's that's a that's a, that's some expansion right there. It is. Um, I got I hooked up with, like I say, a couple 3D printers, and the one guy turned me on to um, the guy selling the the clone trooper files, and I was like, hey man, I mean, why not? I'd love to be able to do the clone trooper too, even though I do like and focus on the original trilogy stuff. Um, you know, the clone troopers are still pretty cool too, and then. I mean, why not branch into some of the new stuff? When Solo came out and I seen the Mud Trooper, um, I had already kind of started on the Snow Trooper helmet, which was close to the Mud Trooper with a few uh, um, modifications. I mean, it just, it just, it just kind of spiraled, you know. Um, it's a good looking. It's a good looking. It's a good looking kit. It is. It's pretty cool. And uh, Solo was a cool movie, man. I, I, I'm, you know, trying to uh, enjoy the new stuff that's coming out, too, and getting the new generation involved. And Absolutely. I mean, it's good stuff, man. Awesome. Well, hey, um, like I said, I, I'm I, not only am I uh, interviewing you, but I, I own your stuff. It's great quality. So anyone out there who's looking uh, for what he has right now for the tie and the gunner and stuff in the future. Like I said, I, I, I tell everyone, I said, you know, Hey, down North Carolina, intergalactic supply, Jason's got you hooked up. So I uh, want to tell everyone where they can um, find you, where they can reach you and uh, you know, grab some of your cool stuff. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, these days with social media, uh, that's really been a, a great platform for me to kind of show my stuff off and, and get that word of mouth spread out. Um, you know, I, I do post on the forum. So I'm on the, um, the Imperial gunnery forum. I'm on the Jolly Roger squadron forum for the 501st Legion. Uh, but you know, on Facebook, if you want to look me up, you can hit me up on my personal page, Jason Hill, or you can look up intergalactic supply and see where I showcase a lot of my work. Um, and it's it's right there. You know, I'm pretty quick with getting back with messages and pricing, you know, really fair with my shipping costs and, uh, you know, just try to try to provide some some cool stuff for everybody, because I know that's how I would want to be treated as well. 
like I said, customer service goes a long way in my book. And like I said, very, very happy with uh, what you've been doing so far. But uh, man, I really appreciate you being here today and being on Lesson 12 Parsecs. Like I said, I, I hope the best for your company. Um, you really put out some great stuff, and I know you're, uh, you'll keep it going. So thanks a lot for being here today, Jason. Yeah, buddy. Good luck with the podcast, and thanks for having me, Ryan. Thanks, man. See ya. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Although today, looking at the drink of the day, I don't know about that. So, it's the cantina. Ryan, tell us what's on tap for today. Well, welcome to the cantina review. This week on tap, if you want to call it that, <laughs> we uh, we put in, uh, we googled Star Wars themed drinks, and one of the craziest ones that came up was... The Death Star. And in this Death Star that we have in front of us is uh, one ounce of Jägermeister, one ounce of Gentleman Jack Tennessee Whiskey, one ounce of Grey Goose Vodka, one ounce of Triple Sec, two ounces of Sour Mix, and two ounces of Coca-Cola mixed into these nice drinks that look like poodoo. <laughs> Straight up poodoo. Uh, yeah. It yeah. looks like a toilet bowl. Uh, it's not good. But uh, we haven't tried it yet. We just made it, and it's it's if this tastes good, reactions. Yeah. If this tastes good, I will be very surprised. I will be very surprised as well. Um, we shook it, we poured it, and it's already reseparating. Yep. Um, mine's not separating as much, but your guys are definitely separating. Yeah, I mean, your guys are definitely separating. That does like look right. Look like it's like taking on a life of its own at this moment. Uh, yeah. Those, those liquors just don't feel like they would even mix. I mean, I've made... I mean, is this a joke? I mean... Did we get screwed on this? I've made a lot of drinks, and I've made a lot of bad decisions, but I've never done it at the same time. But here, <laughs> but here we are. But here, here we are. we are. This is... Wow. All right. Well, um... You might want to remix that somehow. Yeah, I'm going to do a little shake here. Oh, my. <laughs> it's like, it's there like it goes. <laughs> the poo tornado. <laughs> um... Well, there's nothing else to do but uh, give it a shot. Bottoms up, cheers, fellas. Oh, uh, all right. I'll regret this later. Uh, Episode two. That's not bad. Are you kidding me right now? Actually, that's really good. How? How, how is that good? How is this good? Actually, that is good. Wow. I need a straw. How is this good? A straw? We need a sissy sucker. What's wrong with you, dude? That's fantastic. All right. Well. I stand corrected. Wow, it looks like Jaeger, it tastes great. Gentleman Jack, vodka, triple sec, sour, and coke. Sour mix. And sour and, mix. And coke. I mean. Wow. That's fantastic. I feel like it's like the, uh, it's like a brown version of like jungle juice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, this is. Like it I tastes mean, so good and it'll probably kick your ass. Right? I mean, dude, what's it? So we got. How many ounces total is this drink? So one, 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 one and a half and two. I think was the mix. Let me see here. Let's take a look. Uh, one Jaeger, one Grey Goose. So yeah, one, one two, Jack. three, four, six, eight ounces. So this is an eight ounce drink. Right. Into a pint glass of ice. Yeah, uh, and it's mostly liquor, um, <laughs> <laughs> and not just. I mean, it's not just adverse. It's liquor. I don't even taste Jaeger in here. I don't either. I taste uh, more of the triple sec. Yeah. 
It yeah. blends. It blends really Triple well. Triple second coke. It's kind of a weird combo, but it works. I, I've mixed some weird stuff before, but my god. Yeah. Like we laughed the entire time making this upstairs. Like we laughed. Like laughed and cringed. I'm like, we're gonna throw up on air. Like we're just gonna throw up. We don't have a bathroom yeah, down I, here. Where's a bucket? I mean, that, that's hey. Some mixologist came up with this. Hats off to you. Uh, so wow. I, uh, I so, fully support the Death Star. Right. Death Absolutely. Star actually, a thumbs up. Death Star will be uh, at this year's Fourth uh, of July party. I'm for it. Um, and I'm spending the night, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. We might have to do a special Fourth of July podcast. Here we go. Live from Bender Bash. Oh boy. He named it. <laughs> oh, it's got a name. Um, yep, it's definitely got a name. Um, cool. Def- definitely definitely good. It, it's really de- you can definitely taste the sour note to it. Yep. Um, I can't compare it to anything. I can't. It doesn't taste like a whiskey and Coke. It doesn't taste like a vodka and uh, orange juice. I, I don't it know. It doesn't even taste like a Long Island iced tea. It doesn't. I, I mean, that's what I was looking at. I'm like, all right, this has got to be kind of like yeah. a play on a Long Island. But I can't put my finger on it. It's a very unique unique uh, taste. You know what it kind of tastes like? Have you ever had an ice pick? Yeah. It's vodka and iced tea. kind of has that. With a high lemon note in that. Yeah. But this has got more of a little bit of a sweeter. Yeah. It doesn't have, you know. Like a sweet tea ice pick? Kind of reminds me of a lemon head. Candy. The weird way. I, I, yeah, I was trying to think of a... It's probably, like a, the, it's probably like the triple second the sour mix. I was doing that, but I like it. It doesn't smell good, though. <laughs> it doesn't. We all smelled it before we walked down to record, and yeah, it it, it smells like terrible. Tastes but great. It tastes. <laughs> wow. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Thank God. Yep. Uh, still my favorite part of the episode. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, if I think I finished this, um, oh yeah, we'll I, be in trouble. I have to drive. <laughs> We're recording at my house. Thank God. Which is 45 minutes from my and Ryan's house. Yeah. Um, Sweet. Yep. Well, cheers, guys. Episode two. We're we're still on. We got three thumbs up on the Nerf Herder and three thumbs up on the Death Star. So far, so good on uh, on the Cantina. Cantina. So we've. uh, Feel free to send us uh, some other drinks uh, if you want us to try. Um, There's a contemplation for next episode of maybe creating. My own drink, still working on it, called the Bantha Fodder. Oh my god. <laughs> it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, I yes. can't wait for this to happen. Uh, it may involve moonshine, uh, so <laughs> we may have to record on a Friday night, uh, yep. where we have plenty of time. <laughs> um, but cool. Uh, episode two in the books. Hey, I t- thought of something cool. So, uh, since we're brand new and we're up and coming and... We want to know what people think. So um, we actually have a, a – leave us a voicemail. So, uh, Jeremy, why don't you tell everyone what the uh, email address is? So the email address is uh, 12parsexpodcast, uh, 12 spelled out, not the number, uh, at gmail.com. So 12parsexpodcast at gmail.com. So record yourself on a message on like a, a voice app and uh, send it to us, and uh, we'll play it on the next episode. And let us know what you think. Uh, what you like best, if you have some suggestions or you just want to say hi, send us it. We'll, uh, we won't edit it. We'll just put it in there and see what you guys think. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we do this for you guys. Um, you know, this is just us talking shop. We enjoy it. Uh, but, you know, this is 
for you guys. So let us know what you like, what you don't. Uh, we can take criticism. As Tim, okay. as Tim used to say, we want to know. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, awesome. Well, I think that's a wrap. All right, boys. I'll see you next month. Sounds good. Later. Out. Yay. 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 That is a pleasantly surprising.